So I want to start out by saying I'm neither liberal or conservative. The reason I'm making this podcast is because of the problems with the media in America today. They focus on the wrong things, and for anything to get better, we need to change the way we receive and process what's going on around us. You're probably going to want to know whose side I'm on, but it isn't that simple. Some of what I say you'll probably support, just like some other things I say you'll probably oppose. Some of the things I say are going to sound somewhat selfish, but everything I advocate for is to further individual rights and liberties. It's all about this idea a lot of groups in America have nowadays about collectivism. When they talk about various collectivism ideas and ideals, it sounds good on the surface, you know, you're helping this person who's disadvantaged, you're helping this person. But the problem with that is, freedom and liberty are about the individual rather than a collective. Now that's something I'm sure I'll go on further detail about in another video, but I'm just trying to be brief here. Now, on the other side, content will sometimes sound un-American, but there's a significant difference between being a patriot and being nationalistic. It goes to the the name of this podcast. See, the term freedom fries was coined in 2003 when France opposed the war in Iraq. So the House of Representatives cafeteria started calling French fries freedom fries as some form of protest. And it's the same thing when you have people burning the American flag. Now, as a patriot, I'm for the... There's a difference there. It's being patriotic and being nationalistic, like I said. Patriotism is about believing in America as a people. It's the American people when you talk about patriotism. Nationalism, on the other hand, is about supporting the American government no matter what they do, and that's a problem. Because governments are, have caused some of the most atrocious things on the planet. And it goes back to the, to the those flag analogy. So, I personally won't burn the American flag, because I understand that to some people that represents, you know, their sons, daughters, wives, husbands, grandfathers, and parents, and what have you, dying in various wars. And as people, they see that as some kind of insult. But I believe you should have the right to burn the American flag, because you're against the things our government is doing. And that's the difference between patriotism and nationalism. But today, I'm not going to focus on any of that. I'm going to focus on the media, the reason I'm making this podcast, because of their whole sky is falling reporting that they're known to do. I mean, this is the problem. But before I start, I just want to let you know a few things. I want this to be a casual conversation. It may be a little one-sided since I can't hear you, but it is just a casual conversation. I'm not going to be using notes, and I'm not in some sound room sitting at a desk behind a mic. I got a mic on my coffee table, and I'm just having a drink. And talking. So let's get back to this media sky is falling reporting. Whether you're launching Fox News or MSNBC or CNN or whoever it is, they're going to give you some form of sky is falling rhetoric. If you're watching the right-ended news channels, they're going to try to convince you that, oh, there's too many Muslims coming into the country and they're going to destroy your way of life. Or the teachers and schools are trying to turn your kids gay or make them change genders or this, that, and the other. And it's unrealistic. Just like the left is trying to convince their viewers that 
oh, all the conservatives want you to want to tell you what you can and can't do, and they, all your children are dying, and this, that, and the other, and it's just, they're both so unrealistic. They're not talking about the real problems. They're talking about these, I mean, don't get me wrong, the things they talk about are very loosely based on some actual problems. Our immigration system does need to be revamped. There are problems there, don't get me wrong. There, there are a lot of problems going on on both sides, and they both have points, but the problem is they're over-exaggerating the, the whole thing on both sides. And the two worst parts about it, really, is that one, they're making up, well, they're not making up statistics, that would be, uh, that would be unfair, but they're skewing statistics on both sides to make their point look like the sky really is falling. Like, the way they take the polls and do that and the other and actually do the research is all done with such a huge skew. And this is on either side. That, of course, their put looks like the sky is falling. That's what they're trying to make it look like. That at any given moment, everything could just end and it's all going to go downhill. And that's not the case. It really just isn't. And... The other worst thing about it, and I think this is the real crime here, is that not only are they taking these small, almost non-issues or issues that won't real real issues for another 100, 200 years, but they're ignoring the actual pressing problems that we're having. For example, when was the last time you heard about a news channel talking about how bad our budget is or the Federal Reserve diluting our currency into not being worthless? I mean... And, and, the, and the other thing about that is, is that they're not just, they don't always just completely ignore the problems and the real problems going on. It's further than that. A lot of times, they'll want to blame those problems on a more sensational cause. Like, uh, with, with people not being able to afford housing. They want to blame it on the rich, or the housing market, or this system, or that, or the welfare state. It depends on who you listen to. If you listen to the right, they're going to tell you one thing is causing a problem. And if you listen to the left, they're going to tell you another thing is causing a problem. And the reason they're doing that is because the things they're saying that are causing the problem are much more sensational. They're much more a little bit out there, and it gets people to watch. The idea that our own government and the Federal Reserve is the reason that our dollars aren't going as far and people can't make a living on the normal wage isn't that sensational. I mean, it is a huge problem, and it does need to be talked about more, but no one is doing it. And it's every issue like that. I mean, when, and you've never, I've never heard on the news, for example, just another example of this, past the money thing, I've never heard a single news channel or ever talk about the problems with our infrastructure. I'm talking our power grid and its weaknesses and flaws and how easily it could just be absolutely taken advantage of and how weak we are if that something does happen. There's tons of, of research done by all these professional people talking about how weak our power grid is and how big of a tragedy and how many people's lives would be lost if something happened to that power grid and how long we'd be out of power. And, and these researchers are going around, they'll ask someone, 
they'll ask a government official, hey, what's the plan for this? And they'll go, like one, one person went, well, if that happens, FEMA's prepared for that. The guy goes and asks the lead person in FEMA, hey, are you guys prepared to this? And the answer was absolutely not. And that's a huge issue. That's something that needs to be looked at. But have you ever once heard it talked about on the news? A single time. Not once have I heard that talked about on the news. And I know one purpose of the whole sky is falling mentality. The one, the, I think the main purpose, the primary purpose, is just to get you to watch. And it works. We do watch it. We, we eat it up. We talk about it on Facebook. We get into arguments. But that's the secondary purpose. The secondary purpose is to divide us. And the reason, and you'd say to yourself, why do they want to divide us? What, what is the goal of them dividing us? I mean, what does that exactly accomplish? And what it accomplishes is it gets you to buy into the system where you have to vote for one of two people. Which is so toxic. I mean, even if you look at, like, I'm not the biggest fan of a lot of Canadian policy. But if you look at the way their, their politics works and their elections work, they got a, a huge assortment of political parties that represent a huge assortment of people, and you never know who is going to get elected. And in that situation, it is really hard for corruption to live when you don't know who's going to be in charge between 12, 15 different political parties. Whereas in America, the left wants to demonize the right. So they say they're trying to do this, that, and the other, and it's going to be horrible, and it's going to end the whole country. Everything's going to go down the toilet. And the right does the same thing. Oh, oh, if the left gets elected, it's going to be the end of the world. It's not. They want to shove you into one of two groups. That way, the Dems know, all right, what will happen is they'll be so scared of the Republicans that they'll have to vote for us. And the Republicans go, well, they'll be so scared of the Democrats, they'll have to be vote for us. And we're stuck in this system where everyone feels like voting third party is a waste of a vote. Why? Why is it a waste of a vote? It's only a waste of a vote because you think it's a waste of a vote. The moment that, as a, as, as a, I, hate, I hate to use collectivist thought here, but it does apply in this scenario, the moment that you recognize that, hey, my vote isn't a third-party vote. And the moment America realizes that it's not a waste of a vote, it ceases to be a waste of a vote. Because if everyone was under the assumption that a third-party candidate would win, people would actually start voting how they believed instead of just voting to keep the other guy out of office. I mean, look at the last election. The, whole, the media specifically was like, oh, Trump's so evil, oh, Hillary's so evil, just to get us galvanized against each other to vote for one or the other. And that's the whole point. And let's get real. The sky isn't falling. <laughs> it just isn't. I mean, Trump's in power right now. Has your life changed that much? Is it that much different than if Hillary was in show in power? Now, don't get me wrong. There is policy changes and stuff that Trump's done you might not agree with. But I don't know if I have noticed it hasn't changed my daily life. It really hasn't. Now, it's changed how I, because I, I do I do play around on the stock market a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Now, it has changed who I invest in and what. Like, I wouldn't invest in a Chinese company right now. I'll tell you that. 
Their, their stock market's doing horrible, and that is a direct cause of us. But we're talking about America right here. How has it changed your daily life? And it hasn't. And if Hillary was elected, your daily life wouldn't be any different. Because not only is the media convincing us that these two people are, that this person's evil, you need to vote for this person or vice versa, but they've also convinced us that becoming president is like the end all, that that's where all the power is, and it's not. This country is founded on a system of checks and balances, and they don't really have as much power as we like to think they do, or as the, rather the media would like us to think. They just don't. So it doesn't... It's not, I mean, it does make a difference, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's irrelevant who gets elected. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying it's not this end of the world, sky is falling, America down the toilet situation, as far as what the media says. In that respect, it's all going to be fine. It really is. Gay marriage isn't going anywhere anywhere soon. It just isn't. The, the left, like the left media likes to try to convince you, the guys on the left, that, hey, everyone on the right's against gay marriage, and if you let them get elected, they'll get rid of it. No. Most of them, now a lot of them may talk as if they're against gay marriage, but if you look at the way they actually vote, no, no one's bringing up bills against it. No one. No one's voting against it anymore. It just isn't happening. It isn't. Because at this point, it's just not going to become undone. And it's the same thing with abortion or any of the other topics on the left. They're, the media on the left is trying to convince those of you on the left that the right's trying to destroy all this progress you've made, and they're just not. They're focused on other things, and that's realistic. And it's the same thing on the right. Half the stuff that the right-ended media is telling the right just is absolutely false. The left isn't trying... To, to undo all the stuff that is American. They're not trying to force business owners to do this, that, and the other. They're not trying to do any of that that they're telling you. They're just not. And that's the problem with the media. It's this concept that the sky's falling, everything's ending. No! I'm telling you, listen to me. No. It's gonna be okay. Now, the things that you should be worried about are not the things they're talking about. You should be worried about the Federal Reserve. You should be worried about this. This the, the some. There's some international things you should be worried about, like the the relationship with the UN and how they're uh, affecting free speech with this ban on memes or how or copyright ban on memes or how uh, the the UK is is also hurting free speech and people are getting arrested on the street in UK just for having a box cutter in their pocket. Those are the things we should be worried about. And they're not the things you're going to hear about in the regular news. I think the box cutter may have made it somewhere on the right, but they just used it to breed this hate-mongering, oh, the left is trying to do blah, 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 over there. And it's a little unrealistic. It all is. No one is going to just ruin America overnight. It's just you can't do it. We're an institution that's been here for a very long time. A very long time well over a full century. So how can you expect it to just crumble overnight? I mean, even the great Chinese empires that lasted for ever didn't crumble overnight. And I mean, even during the Great Depression, which was a horrible thing that happened in this his country's history, we didn't just crumble, we didn't just fall, we came back. 
It's a reset. We're not just going to fail. But the media wants you to think that. And you need to start asking yourself, when you watch these, these broadcasts, why? Why are they saying that? You need to start thinking. I, I hate to say thinking for yourself, but that's really what it is. It's, it's, it's hard to even say because it's so horrible that the media is this easily like this. How did we get to this point is the question. And I don't know. I don't know how we got to this point. I'm not, I, I don't think it was some switch that flipped. I think it was this gradual decline as the media stopped caring about their moral obligations in exchange for whoever's paying them the most or whatever draws the most viewers. But I think it's a tragedy. That we can't even trust our own media. And it's not like some countries, like in Russia, I'm not sure if it's still the case, but it probably is. But I know at one point the government owned all the media stations. It's not like it's like that over there. The media stations here are independent companies, and yet they're still this corrupt. Now our one saving grace, <coughs> excuse me, is the freedom that is the internet. It allows people like me and others to get up here and talk about the realistic problems and what actually needs to be done, what we actually need to be worrying about and thinking about and talking about. And that's the key, is to have these meaningful conversations where both sides learn. And I think while the internet is able to help in some way with that, like I'm talking to you right now, it hurts in other ways. Like, think about Facebook. When you get into a political argument on Facebook, uh, another, uh, a podcaster I'm, I'm a big fan of brought this up in a video I recently watched. Um, I'm not going to say who it is. Uh, not, not yet. Um, I don't want to... I, I like to watch a bride variety of people, and I just don't want to get typecast, I, I guess is the word I'm looking for, just because of who I watch. So I'm going to leave that detail out here. But... Um, but what I'm trying to say is that he brought up the point that if you have a political dis debate in real life, like in person to person, one other person, you're sitting at, a, I don't know, a restaurant or something across the table, and you talk about your opinion, and the, the other person, if they don't agree with you, what they're, all they're, the, the only reaction you're going to get is, yeah, well, that's not really how I feel, etc., etc. They might even change their mind. Which is such a stark contrast, contrast to what happens on like Facebook, for example. If you have a political discussion, which there's no even way to call it that realistically, it's a political argument, heated argument. You got all these keyboard warriors coming out of the woodwork who are just, ah, well, you don't know this because you're a, you're a whatever slur name calling they want to do, depending on what side you are, anywhere from. I mean, this name-calling, you've heard it all, anything from on the, the left gets called snowflakes or bleeding heart, the right gets called fascist and racist and etc. And you just get typecast immediately by stereotypes on this, and it's just, well, it's us against them. No matter what they say, it's, it's bad because they're that. And it, it just creates this unrealistic black and white of a debate rather than the grayscale that the political spectrum needs to be. And I think that, I'm not sure I, th I think that's a strong way of putting it. I hope that through people doing what I'm attempting to do, and that's why I'm doing this, I feel obligated to,
as someone who's not on the left or right, I feel obligated to try to get a more um, tempered media out there, a more tempered thought process out there. It feels like, I think through people doing what I'm attempting to do here, I think there's some hope, maybe, just maybe, we can get people to see that grayscale, and we can get people to start voting with what they believe in rather than just to keep someone else out. And I think that's something everyone needs to think about and be aware of, is that don't get into this box where everything that everyone, all these blanket statements of everything that everyone in this group says is wrong and bad and etc. It's not black and white, it's a grayscale. That's why if you, I, I truly believe if you realistically have a form your opinions and do the research and everything, you can't be a Democrat, you can't be a Republican, you can't be on the, one of these extreme groups I'm not saying they're extremist groups. Well, I mean, they are in some ways. But that's not what I'm getting at here. What I'm getting at is, rather than just being in this black or white group, you, can, you, you have to, if you form your own opinions and you're honest with yourself, and you do accept what people say and take in new ideas, I think you have to end up somewhere else. You have to end up in a grayscale. Like, there's never been a Republican who I agree with everything they say. And there's never been a Democrat where I agree with everything where they say. It's like, well, he's wrong on this, but he's right on this. And that's realistic. I don't know how you can expect to just... I mean, obviously, there's going to be those one or two people who just do have those extreme views. And you just, yeah, everything they say is just horrible. And that does happen. But for the most part, it's a grayscale. It's not a black and white. And... I think if we all start realizing that as a country, we can make a lot of progress because both sides have their issues. They, they do. They just do. And I mean, the, the, the root problem is, in some way, both the left and the right are both after power and they're after being able to control people. Because it is, it is an attractive thing. If you're in that position, you, you are a power-wanting type of person. You don't make it that far in politics unless you're obsessed with power. You just don't. So, we have to understand that at the end of the day, the left and the right can both essentially be grouped together. Because they both want power and they both want more control of our daily lives. And that is not the point of America. That is not why we are here in the first place as a nation. We are here as a nation because when we were ruled by an authoritarian government who just wanted to have complete control over our lives, we said no. We are a free people who get to make our own decisions and do what we want to do. And no one has the right to tell us otherwise as long as we aren't hurting other people. And we've gotten so far from that, both political parties have, that it's almost unrecognizable from what this country originally was. And I think if we can get to this point where we understand that it's not this polarized thing, we can make some progress into getting where we need to. So I think I've exhausted this as a topic. Uh, it's been nice talking to you. 
I hope you listen. I hope you, if you liked it, you tune in next time. Feel free to. I just started using this anchor thing, so I, I'm pretty. I know you can leave me some kind of voice message. Feel free to do that. Um, once I get more acquainted with this system and figure out how I can check those, I'll probably start. I mean, in the early days, I'm assuming I'm just going to answer everyone as long as you're not purposely hateful. Um, and I'll, I'll try to, if you have questions about anything, and you're like, well, I don't know about this, or what do you know about this, or how do you feel about this, I'd be glad to answer those for the most part. And I'll get to pretty much everyone as long as your question's reasonable. Now, I'm going to refrain from getting anything too personal about me. If you want to know a little bit more about me outside of the political field, I'd be glad to tell you that if anyone cares. But... Yeah, if you guys have any other type of questions rather than questions about me personally, political-wise, because I'm not, uh, I'm trying to keep this as a, as, as, I'm not trying to get my own views out there. That's not the point of this. The point of this is to know that you, is to help people understand the gray, which might have been a better name for this, but too late for that, I guess. But it, it, the point is to help you understand the gray and, well, what about this political belief system or this belief system? Oh, how does this really work? I've heard this. Dismissing rumors, that kind of thing. That's, that's what I'm trying to do here. This has really just been an introduction about what this, the point of why I'm doing this and why more people need to be doing this. But you want to ask me a question outside of, of my personal political beliefs? whether it's about me outside of politics, or what about this political system, or this, or this, or this, or what about this, you said. Feel free to ask, and I'll get back to you. But uh, I think I think that's going to be it for today. Um, it's been nice talking to you, and I hope to talk to you again.